Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, Ghostbusters fans, and welcome to the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad Podcast for the week of April 6th, 2020. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about, well, yes, the delay. Uh, if you're waiting for Ghostbusters Afterlife, you're going to have to wait another eight months longer, as it will be coming out in March of 2021 because of the coronavirus. Uh, in the second half of the show, we'll be talking about Ghostbusters Year One, Issue Number Three, a fantastic look into the life of Peter Venkman that we never thought we would saw. Stay tuned. Here it comes. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! It's a weird world. It's a weird world. It is a weird, weird, strange world. Um, but here we are. We're going to be trying to talk about Ghostbusters as much as we possibly can on the Ghostbusters podcast because that's what we try to we do. We have stuff to talk about. We do have stuff to talk about. Some so, good. Yeah. Uh, some discussion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not It's not a bad thing. It's not an unexpected thing. But mm. so in the first half of the show, we're going to be talking about the uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife release date being moved into March of 2021. Um, and then in the second half of the show, uh, we'll be talking about Ghostbusters Year One, issue number three. So if you're trying to avoid spoilers for that, you get to uh, hang out with us for the first uh, half of the episode um, and then read the issue and then come back and, and uh, listen to our discussion there. But um, so without any further, this is the only news item, but just for somewhat normalcy, we're going to jump into the news. Here we go with the news. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Yeah, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. I want to send you the clip from the Mitchell and Webb, the after the event. Have you seen those uh-uh. sketches? No. <laughs> they have this, it's quite clearly people after some sort of apocalypse in a bunker trying to continue on with normal life by doing a, a game show that's being broadcast out by the CBC. But every once in a while, letters flash on the screen saying remain indoors with this sound. <laughs> honk, honk, honk. I just want to send you the sound. Honk, honk, uh, honk. Remain indoors. Remain indoors, yes. <laughs> Business as usual, but please stay at home for the love of God. Um <laughs> Well, but speaking of, of staying at home, uh, we will be staying at home in July uh, on the date that we thought we were going to be going to see yes. Ghostbusters uh, Afterlife, which, again, as I said, right before we jumped into the news, not entirely unexpected. Um, all of the big, you know, major films that were supposed to be releasing this spring, even into the early summer, have already started shuffling and moving into the next year just to kind of give themselves some room. Yeah. Uh, not just because, well, uh, two reasons. Uh, first and foremost, they want people to be safe. All of the theaters are still closed. They want everybody to remain, uh, you know, uh, doing the, the social distancing six feet apart. Don't go into a crowded movie theater for a release date of Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> Makes a whole lot of sense. 
yeah. so so that's step number one. Step number two is that um, I don't know how to tell you guys this, but Hollywood has completely shut down. Um, everybody, every production facility, all of the finishing and the mixing and all of the stuff that's required to finish films. Um, they all happen in buildings with 50 or more people. So, uh, yeah. by order of the governor of Los Angeles or of, of California and by the mayor of Los Angeles, uh, all of those facilities are closed until further notice. So it's kind of tough to finish movies at this point in time as well. So, uh, Ghostbusters afterlife moving, not unexpected. What I did not expect was how dramatic the shift was going to be. Uh, it was moved all the way to March 5th of 2021. Um, yeah. thoughts. I mean, I, I have a few theories as to why that's the case, but do you have thoughts on why it moved to March and not into fall or winter of this year? Um, yeah, well, for starters, everybody has to understand that when these decisions were made, some sort of in-studio actuarial process took place yeah. where they sat down and they looked at everything they had to put out, everything that was supposed to be coming out normally on certain dates versus the stuff that they figured they now had to move versus what everybody else had out, then try to... Uh, try to figure out as best they can from whatever sources they could get about, you know, how long will this continue? And then what will the startup process be like and how long will that take? So that's a good point too. Yeah. So one of the things is, is there's a lot to consider. I like, so for example, we should have seen bond by now and they were, that's one of the first ones that Sony moved and they went, well, the new, you know, if it's not a summer tentpole, what's the other big one? Uh, you know, we can fight over Christmas. So they moved it closer to Christmas. If I, that hasn't changed, I don't think, has it? I'm not misremembering. Uh, no, I think it is still just Christmas of this year. Uh, yeah. As a Christmas of this year. Yeah. Um, so that, so that's already Sony going, here's our big ones. Let's throw it out to December. Um, then people say things like naturally like, oh, what about in October? Okay. It's like October... October is like the anti-March. It is kind of a slow period for movies because, you know, we're out of summer, but we're not heading into that Christmas period yet. So it could do well normally, but then again, everybody's scratching their heads going, you know, if, if this is ongoing for the next few months and things are still recovering, like who the hell knows, right? Like whether we put something out in October and people will be able to go see it. So Then they start going, well, what about next year? And my assumption then again is that they looked at next summer going, no, like everything, like people have already started laying claim to next summer with their big summer movies, uh, including some of ours. Uh, yeah, uh, I was going to say, Spider-Man 3 was originally slated for the same weekend in 2021 uh, that Ghostbusters yeah. was in 2020. So if you move it one year later you're competing with yourself. Uh, why would you want to do that? Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, what they did was, is March is far enough along that recovery should be fairly solid in terms of like the film industry, getting people back into seats and all that. The flip side is, is that that's still a couple months shy of the start of the big summer runs in May. So maybe we can actually show up and do pretty well by, in a period of time where I, th- like I said, I think what a lot of people doing is crossing their, you know, they're doing their calculations and crossing their fingers that 
you know, they'll be guessing where the period of time is where people go, we were holed up for so long. Let's go see a movie. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and so find a spot close to a good sweet spot and kind of dominate there. So I think they're, you know, that's just my hunch is that they did the math and went, this summer is a write-off. doesn't matter if we're all out and about by June. That means May, June is, is hooped. July will still be every, everybody will still be working on getting back up on their feet. August will be working, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that, that you, you make a great point that they are stopping down right now on whatever they were doing. And sure, there are things that, that can be done from home, obviously, if, yep. uh, you know, m- music composing can still be happening, even though you can't record with the orchestra or, uh, visual effects, if you happen to have artists, because I know a lot of the visual effects houses have kind of moved people to work from home just so that yep. they can, A, have money still coming in, but also, uh, you know, B, keep the uh, the films that they have these hard deadlines for moving. Um, so it, it's, it's tough. There's going to be a ramp up period once, let's say that everything blows over worst case scenario. Yeah. Like you said, July or August, well, you've still got to get facilities in, you've got to get everybody ramped up. Chances are the artists and whoever you had working on that film, uh, should be available in theory, but maybe you have to restaff. Maybe you have to recrew. Maybe you need a new creative team. Maybe like there are all all of these extenuating circumstances, which may make it that they can't actually finish the film by, October, uh, feasibly. Um, yeah. Well, another, another aspect is the, the plans they had to advertise. Right. There's yeah. no sense in advertising right now because nobody's thinking about going to movies. So, uh, I think maybe we may see some trickle of, of stuff to kind of keep the buzz going, but the hard push still needs a run up of, you know, several months. So again, another good reason of if you cannot swear that say November is a good time to put the movie out uh, and that people are going back to theaters. Cause remember, everybody's got to remember that like, cause some people are like, Oh, just put it out on direct to digital. It's like, no, that's yeah. nobody's going to be doing that with their big tentpole movies at all. They will sit on them for five years to find an optimal spot to try to be, you know, a $200 million dollar, <laughs> you know, first month or something yeah, like I mean, that. I, I they think will not Universal dump it that pre- Like when Trolls, you and I talked kind of at length a couple we weeks ago when Trolls came out and, and we were like, oh, are they going to start doing this? But again, it's it's a movie that is geared towards kids anyway. So you would yep. want to target that home video market. This this is something entirely different. Um, this, but, this, is a, this is a big franchise that, a big franchise that after a, a weird step. Let's let's just call 2016 that. That's I'm not I'm not saying good nor bad. What I'm saying is is that that left a lot of uh we like they don't they don't know what to make yeah. of it, but they want Ghostbusters to continue. This is supposed to be the well, let's try this and knock it out of the park and then we're going to get this thing rolling again. Well, you're not going to trickle it out to right. you know direct to digital on that. They need a spot where they can you know, we don't know what the budget is on this thing yet, but they need somewhere in this to to go big and rake in 150 million plus, and you know, and, 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 and relaunch beyond. a franchise. It needs yeah. it needs to reinvigorate the franchise. Where if it does come out on on streaming when everybody is self quarantining, yes, that's awesome. There are a lot of things vying for your attention on streaming at the moment, and there is a rush to get yep. content onto those streaming platforms, but. 
Um, you know, th- again, the movie is not finished. And, and even, you know, you're talking about trailers and TV spots. If you want to advertise for this, none of the ad agencies are functioning right now. They're I, not I, functioning I there. Yeah. Somebody sort of uh, an oversimplistic, and it was very funny because it came from somebody who said they were a film student. Uh, you know, uh, well, I can cut trailers on my, uh, you know, MacBook pro on Adobe premiere. Why can't they cut trailers that same way? Well, it's, it's a little, it's a little different, uh, because the, the color timing has to match the film and it's got to go to the color house that does the finishing for that. And they have to mix it. They have to mix it in a variety of different things. Again, yeah, not the, all of these not spaces the... that, that yeah. are closed right now. Um, and not to mention, are, not to mention the Thirty or so people at executive levels that need to look at it and approve it, and uh, yes, they want to see it. You know, say you, you want know, a focus together. group tested. Well, how do you get a focus group together focus when group you can't together. have people just, around anymore? Um, so yes, you're right. You can cut it in your bedroom. There's a lot more to yeah, it than just you cutting it. I, and and I get it. I know people are really disappointed because they wanted to see the movie as as soon as humanly possible, even though we've been waiting thirty years for this movie. Um, but there are some advantages, and I thought we could kind of talk about that too. Yeah. Is to, all right. So you're Jason Reitman. Uh, well, hold on have, one second. Have you done your theories? I feel like I talked and talked and talked, and I don't know that. Oh, as to why it was March. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so I can I can kind of give you my cliff's notes for because you hit on sure. a lot of the the, the points that I was going to make, but. That's a very polite way of saying I stepped on your toes, but you no, go ahead. No, no, not at all. I feel like so. Okay, so March, um, which I know uh, I had I had a conversation with somebody on Twitter who said March is a dumping ground, and it's like, well, no such thing as a dumping ground exists anymore in the film world because that's right. Uh, it, it's it's not like when uh, you know the original Gremlins came out and it ran for ten months. Uh, it's just the movie comes out, it needs a big box office bo- uh, weekend, and then. Uh, that's it. You know, that's all you yeah. get. So there, there's no such thing as dumping. Every every you, weekend is a dumping you can, ground. You now. can still have big dogs in a dumping ground yeah, weekend. Yeah. Deadpool so, was was put out in a dumping ground weekend on Let's, Valentine's Day in February. Like, who yeah. the hell's gonna go see Deadpool on Valentine's Day? Turns out a let's, lot of people did. Let's um, just let's just keep it in mind. If you've got the product, they will come. Yeah, yeah. So so my thought as to why March is because. So the studios have all started just sort of earmarking all of these dates for untitled films uh, through 2028 at this point. You know, it's right. just they're they're staking their claim on dates, weekends, uh, big events for their tent poles. Um, and next summer was going to be unbelievably jam packed. I, I don't know what the production stop down is going to do to a lot of these, but if you look at like. I think in July, I know Doctor Strange was there. I can't remember yeah. what some of the other movies were. Oh, it was like um, uh, uh, Mission Impossible and Indiana Jones. Like uh, July is just like, yeah. this is going to be the summer of 1989 again without Ghostbusters. So if you're trying to find a new shady spot for Ghostbusters to hang out, maybe July is not the best place for it. Uh, again, Sony had Spider-Man slated for, for July, whatever, whatever it was. I need to look it up. I think it was July 4th weekend, but, um, and so you don't want to compete with yourself. You want everybody to go see Spider-Man cause that's your, your golden goose. Um, so, uh, March makes a whole lot of sense to me, both in terms of the marketing, the merchandising, and then if you look at traditionally what March films do for you is, uh, it's kind of around the spring break time for some people. Yep. Um, it's, 
it's at that point where you're you're coming back from the holidays. You kind of get out of the the holiday malaise of J- uh, January and into February. So March is when everybody starts like, hey, I'm gonna go see movies and I'm gonna go spend money on stuff that's not for holidays. And uh, you're you've reaccumulated all of that money that you've spent uh, on all of the holidays that you can now have some some liquid income to to spend. Um, so, so, you know, theoretically, uh, kids, families, uh, us nerds, we all go see Ghostbusters in March. We spend a whole lot of money on all the merchandise in March, April, May, then, uh, just in time for uh, summer, like Memorial day. Hey, there's your home video release. Um, so everybody going on summer vacation, you now have it on video on demand. You have it on Blu-ray. Yep. Uh, and it, it in terms of like the lifespan of the movie, that makes a whole lot of sense in terms of the production side. It also makes a whole lot of sense too. If we look at shoot, I wish I would have actually done the real math here, but I think it was three or four weeks ago. It feels like 20 years ago. That's why I wish I would have done the real math, but (laughs) we know that Jason Reitman was working with his composer on music and possibly even recording the score at that point in time, which is usually one of the last things you do except for visual effects and color and stuff like that. So how many people are in an orchestra again? That's true. So who knows? <laughs> did they finish recording the music? Did they finish that recording session? Before a hundred plus, uh, in, uh, you know, uh, musicians had to go. Uh, yeah, we got to go home so, now. So there's a good there's a good possibility that like, hey, we got reels one through three finished, but we don't have reels four and five finished. Um, and we can't gather an orchestra to record the orchestral score. So what do we do? We just have to hold, we can't do this. So I have a feeling that they need a little bit of ramp up time. They need some production, uh, post-production time when they get back. Um, let's say in July or August to finish the movie and you need at least a week or two to, to record that score. You need another couple weeks to uh, incorporate that into the mix and the sound design, um, visual effects, uh, it, certainly breathing room now. Yeah, exactly. So breathing room, I, I mean, and that's kind of the, the positive light that I keep putting on this is you remember when, uh, when Harrison Ford broke his leg on the force awakens and it shut everything down and that forced JJ Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan to go sit in a hotel room for six weeks and kind of reevaluate, look, here's what we have in the can. Here's what we still have to shoot you know what, this just isn't working. Let's rewrite this. Hey, what if we infuse some more humor here? Like uh, filmmakers are tinkerers. That's why yeah. uh, we get these special editions and and things like that. So it's giving Jason and, and, and everybody on the film some time to now just kind of take a few steps back, look at things from a distance and see where there are holes and see where there are things that they can fix. Or if they didn't have time to do something, now maybe they have that time. I like uh, somebody's uh, silver lining was asking uh, Jason Reitman on Twitter if maybe now he had some time to work on Rick Moranis a little bit. Uh, I'm not saying Rick, I still stand by the fact that if you don't have a good spot for Rick Moranis, do not shoehorn Rick Moranis in. That said, if say somebody wanted to do an after credit sequence with Rick Moranis. Right, right. I think we have the time to work on that now. Uh, I'm and, all for it. And and his Honey, I Shrunk the Kids film has been delayed because of this too. So, you know, maybe there you there's, there's time. Um, 
So I mean, yes, it it sucks. Like I was, it I sucks, had I on but, my calendar, yeah. I had the big red, you know, sharpie marker around the date, uh, <laughs> and you know, you have to X that out and move it eight months down the line. Um, but it's, I think ultimately it is for the best for the film, and ultimately it's obviously the best for us because none of us can go see it in the movie theater right now. You've waited since 1989 yeah. seeing Ghostbusters two. You really want to watch it on your cell phone? The the follow up to that movie, or you you want to watch it on your? I mean, yeah, people have systems out there. I know. I've I've seen. I have rack envy of a few people. Yeah, they know who they are. But like Dustin Milne. Dustin Milne. Um, By the way, but, not to be a bit of conspiracy theorist, but has anybody else noticed that they moved the movie to like around his birthday? Uh, just saying. Hmm. I'm just. Anybody noticed that the world shut down after he got to celebrate his birthday, and I didn't, and you did not. And now they moved the mo- the movie over to his birthday, <laughs> three weeks early of my birthday, like. <laughs> Somebody is hogging the March birthdays and yeah. I'm not naming any names, but I just named his name. Anyways. I, it's just, it's, it's not, I want to see that movie on a big screen with a packed movie theater. I want to hear the reaction. With popcorn in my lap, right? Yeah. And I want to take Thomas to go see it if provided, you know, the ratings are, are sure. at least still in the PG land, which I'm pretty sure they will be. And, you know, I just, uh. I mean, think, think of when you go see the, or the original 1984 film with a packed audience today. Yeah, uh, people still laugh. There's still kind of that energy that that you feed off of. Uh, they laugh at lines that we kind of just gloss over because it's so ingrained upon the vernacular inside of our brains at this point. Yeah. Um, so you know that that theatrical experience, which I hope doesn't go away after all of this, because we still need a, a sense of community. We still need to go see movies at the theater. We need to see plays yeah. at the theater. Um, I, you know, I know we're, we're scared to be on the same block as each other on the sidewalk at this point, but, uh, I, I hope that that, that goes know. away. That, that is, that in itself is a large question. Uh, the world is now dominated by a handful of a major, uh, you know, theater companies, uh, <laughs> You know, where are they going to be at <laughs> in the and, wake and they of this, were right? very like, upset with these direct-to-digital uh, releases that happened They're direct-to-digital the releases. Weeks. So, but at the same time, you know, are we going to come out the other end and they're going to be like, we did the math on the weakest performing ones and until things pick back up, you know, we're only opening three quarters of our cinemas or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, yeah. there are uh, so many questions right now. So many questions. Uh, so, I mean... I feel like we could probably keep talking. I want to get we into Ghostbusters Year One. I think um, mostly it's a it's it's we, it's just a giant, you know, virtual hug to everybody. We get yeah. it. At the same time, we've waited this long, and frankly, you know, barely a year ago, we didn't even think we were getting one. Like so, yeah. So this is so something we, new and unexpected, and we got to hold on just a little bit longer. It's. Uh, in the sh- yeah, it'll work out for the best in the long run. Uh, the only the only thing that we can be upset at is that you know the situation changed. It's not anybody's fault, and we yeah. can be mad at the situation if we want. But there's no sense being glum over you know. Uh, no, yeah, that's. I mean, if if I can make one verbal plea to everybody, and I don't think I have to make this to our listening audience because I feel like all of you out there, you're not uh, guilty of this. But but just please don't take this delay out on the filmmakers because they were. 
they were busting their asses, uh, no pun intended, trying yeah. to get that movie done for July. Uh, they were up against a wall. It, it actually really reminded me of the original film where it was like, can you make this release date in 1984? Sure. Great. Here's your money. Go. Um, they, they were doing everything in their power and hustling and, and working long shifts and sixth and seventh days. And, and I know that they had this crazy momentum on, on their side. And now all of a sudden the wind has been taken out of their sails for something completely and totally out of their control. So if Which is you're why, yelling yeah. at Jason, if you're yelling at poor Eric, if, you know, if There's I know you're no frustrated, but don't do that. I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, they, in a lot of ways, they can't work on it. They are under like no. government orders to stop working on That's it. That's not to say, again, I, you know, you know that Jason is having FaceTime sessions with Gil Cannon right now saying, hey, is there anything we can write in ADR that will make this pop or will make this work? Yeah. Or, that's what they're doing. But. I guarantee you, a, a, like a he did a group memo or a group Zoom, and he just said, we have the time. Where can we add polish? Like yeah. you and I both know every every project, no matter how polished it looks to us on the, it, you know, when we go to the theaters, there's still stuff where people are staring at it going, oh, God. The people who worked on it going, yeah, that was that could have been tighter. You know what I mean? Like, but decisions were made because time is tight. Well, time's yeah. not tight. And you know what? The one people who shouldn't be complaining at all, not a single one of them, fans in the UK. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. they were stuck uh, having to wait two weeks or two. Yeah, it was like, like f- week, it was at least a, a couple month? of weeks. Yeah, because of the, the because tournament. Of, yeah. Because of soccer. Well, yeah. football, uh, <laughs> it won't be a problem in March. So you're all no. back on the same schedule yeah. with the rest of us. So no spoiler worries for you. So, all right. So one one more quick uh, sort of uh, footnote here for the, the release date shift. Um, understandably, the next question that I saw out of everybody's uh, mouths was saw slash heard out of every, I, I just pulled a ray and I didn't even realize it. Heard out of everybody's mouths um, was what does this mean for the merchandising? What does this mean for the stuff that I pre-ordered uh, right after Toy Fair that I thought was coming out in June or I thought was coming out in August or uh, uh, the on qu- hold <laughs> on hold uh, again the supply chain uh, all of those are being manufactured in uh, China or Thailand and coming over on a boat and um, I, we don't know. And and will will this delay things? Probably, um, but yeah. again, there it's is a outside chance of everybody's control. So there's a chance that anything that is related to the original movies will still come out. And I think what we might actually we again see this as a, a, another benefit is that the licenses and contracts that have been handed out to toy companies only have a certain period of time stamped on them. Yeah. Now, given the circumstances, I'm pretty sure, for example, the, you know, I've seen Sony contracts. They're as thick as the bloody Encyclopedia Britannica. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> everything's well covered that, you know, in case of, you know, act of God or whatever you want to call this, certain things can be triggered. And I think one of them might be that it allows them to all come back together and say, stick a pin in this and let's do this next year. But at the same time, um, Hasbro and them, like that line of stuff, uh, the stylized guys based on the first movie, 
Yeah, those nothing could still, that says that can't come out this summer. Uh, like, assuming that the uh, shipping and distribution chains here are affected, North we, yeah, America so, are, are and operating. And what may that's happen the then thing. is is yeah. Hasbro then is part of their you know restructuring because that's the other thing too. Because Hasbro goes, well, this is going to screw things up for us. To which an agreement is made. Sony's like, great. Well, did you want to do another one for next year? Like, come up with something else to, you know, put that out now. Keep your money rolling. And what else can you come up with that we'll put out next year? But this stuff has to be off limits because it relates to the movie and it'll give everything yeah. away. So I think we may get more merch out of it because of this, frankly. I, and I, Yeah, it gives them more lead time, which is always uh, with movies always the most difficult part. Um, so now they, <laughs> they can see those images and they can be working on tooling. However, I say this knowing that Mattel has stopped all of their Barbie division down to make uh, masks and you know That's PPE for, for medical people. So priorities That's where true. they lie. That, that obviously <laughs> must be. Yeah, we have if to it's say on that. a boat, we're probably still going to get it as long as it doesn't relate to a movie. Yeah. I know for a fact the uh, the Ghostbusters art book is still due to come out. That's uh, all printed and ready to go. So that's not going to be a problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, pub- publishing is, is a little bit different too. Um, but yeah, it, it's yeah. – if if anything, I can just stress to people patience. We're about to talk about Ghostbusters Year One Issue Three. Uh, issue Four has been delayed <laughs> because of all of this. So please be patient with things. This is outside uh, yes. of the control of the people that are are doing their it best to entertain you. So be helped. Can't be. Although helped. this is the perfect issue because everybody, if you haven't picked it up. Uh, and pro- may not be able to now because your stores may be uh, local stores. But this is a tricky one. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna. Uh, do we have to do a segment change? Do you have yeah, a little bit of Yeah, let's let's do a little bit of a shift okay, here. Okay, let me I'm going to I'm stick a pin in my rant. I'll launch in on it after we do the do the transition. The transition. Yeah. So, uh, for everybody that wants to remain spoiler free uh, on Ghostbusters Year 1 issue 3, uh, we'll talk to you all next week and uh, for everybody else, here we go. Clear. You're clear. Clear. Yeah. It's rant. Rant away. Rant away. This is the perfect right. issue, and and for a, a multitude of reasons. A multitude yeah, of reasons. You, you go okay. First. So one, if your local shop is open, and like some of them are doing curbside and all that, if you've never picked up or haven't been picking up, this is a good time to start to make sure you go pick. If you have a box, make sure you go pick it up. If you don't have a box, now's a good time to call them up and see if they have some Ghostbusters trades and these year ones. And if they have curbside pickup, go make arrangements to do that. Because I'm telling you right now, speaking of industries up in the air, the, the comic retail industry, yeah. uh, heck, even even everybody staring at Diamond uh, Distribution going, what the heck's going to happen there? Nobody knows. Um, but basically, they all kind of, anything we can do to, short of they're not getting any new product to sell, anything we can do to kind of help keep the... A little bit of money trickling their way. This is it. This is a good excuse to go pick these things up if you can go get them safely. But two, it's doubly perfect because this issue, this is the one that I think might be become Michael Tanaka's holy grail. (laughs) 
this is the, really this, is. this is the Pokemon of Easter eggs. If he, he can catch he was them all, so upset last week in his email <laughs> that we didn't talk about it. Um, but <laughs> so I th- and I'm, I'll be honest, we're going to get into it. I made some notes. I, Michael, get your pen and paper out. I can help, but just with a few. <laughs> so I really. Anybody listening to this, I'm hoping my – I have a few that are kind of like, I think it's kind of this and reminds me of that. And I'm hoping somebody listens and goes, oh, yeah, it's that thing. Yeah. Uh, Tell us. Write it in. Go get the issue and see if you can find you know anything that Michael was missing. And uh, So let's, let's, let's try. Let's, so so uh, 50,000-foot view here. This is the Venkman issue um, that pretty much uh, revolves around their their dance club, the Rose uh, encounter that we hear about in, in the uh, – Absolutely brilliant premise for a one-off story. It's, it's great. And, and is it true? I don't know. It's true from Venkman's point of view. That's that's kind of one of the wonderful things about this is it's like it's true from a certain point of view. Um, but the other the other thing, there are so many little like uh, Eric Burnham and Tom Waltz um, weaving this sort of tapestry of all of the questions that fans have had over the years about the movies and things that we have debated for years and years and years. And Eric goes, I can answer that. Uh, mm-hmm. And Dan, uh, you know, draws something beautifully and goes, I can answer that too. Um, so that, that I think is why Michael Tanaka and yourself have been uh, working overtime trying to just detail all of the the backgrounds <laughs> and the people. And no, the no, 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 no. He worked overtime. The- I then came in to pick up some, some ground balls, so to speak. I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm, I'm half timing it is what's going on here. I, I mean, so so the issue, as as the format of these issues has has started, it begins with sort of the individual interviews of people sort of setting the stage for f- whoever the characters that we're focusing on. So Winston got a few lead-ups, you know, about the Ghostbusters, and then Winston, uh, Ray, same thing. So Venkman gets a few uh, very interesting interviews with, uh, I think it's Lewis, uh, Peck, and Dana. Oh, Janine and Dana, uh, as I pulled the issue up here. <coughs> Um, and, and again, these are completely, it's introductory, but there's so much in there to unpack, including, uh, Thorazine and hiccups. Is that, oh, that is one that was the, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, on this very podcast, we have discussed, uh, why does Venkman have Thorazine on him, uh, for a date? And this now, at least in the IDW comics verse, explains why that is the case. I like it. It's a good fit. And and is that true? Does Thorazine take care of hiccups or is that just sort of a, Um, uh, is that, is that the joke? No, I don't think it's the joke. I mean, here's the thing. At the end of the day, everybody regards drugs as if they're like sniper bullets and they're not. They sometimes have a wide range of effects. Like remember, uh, Viagra was intended to to help with. Uh, it was intended to be like a heart medication. It just turned out that some of the stuff, the physical effects they were trying to get going in terms of your blood pressure and all that, uh, wasn't as great for your heart as it was for other places. Things like that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and there's you know people can take one person can take drugs you know to keep from hearing voices in their head while at the same time somebody else is taking a much lesser amount to, you know, deal with anxiety or, you know, hiccups or whatever. Uh, I haven't had a chance to look into it yet, but I, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to trust, uh, Eric on this one. I, it, I mean, I would, I would imagine that is something knowing Eric that he's, uh, researched pretty heavily, but, um, so there you go. Dana had the Thorazine, 
Hang on. Uh, Thorazine comes as a tablet and is typically taken two to four times daily. So this is the uh, chloropromazine. Yeah, so this is in a family of drugs that I, I've heard of a bunch of them. And again, they deal with anxiety, depression, just depending on who you are and how you react to them and the amounts they're giving you, you can use it for a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, when you go to, to Wiki, uh, it's uh, all the big letter stuff is, yeah, it's used for big mental illnesses, but... At the same time, it says here, the medicine can also be used to treat nausea, vomiting, nervousness before surgery, acute intermittent porphyria, a condition that causes natural substances to build up in the body and may cause pain and change behavior, and tetanus. <laughs> and yeah, th- it's right there. Thorazine for hiccups. For hiccups. Uh, well, If your hiccups have lasted a month or longer, uh, it's an involuntary contraction of the diaphragm, which is the muscle that's out. So it's rare for them. In those cases, if your hiccups do not stop, yeah, take. Yeah. And it even says if after three days of taking Thorazine, your hiccups don't stop, talk to your doctor about trying a different medication. So yeah, he, he found, uh, a, a, a non salacious reason. <laughs> uh, she could have been taking it for breast cancer. That's a downer. Thanks for not doing that one, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, and full disclaimer, uh, neither one of us obviously are medical professionals and I know a lot of people are very anxious and, uh, worried I play out one there. On please, TV. please, please. Don't, don't take drugs based upon anything we just said. Anyway, uh, continue. Oh, for the love of God, don't listen to anything I say without talking to your doctor <laughs> first. I'm just, I'm, I'm broadly going over, you know, Dr. Google, what, what it's listed as the things, these yeah. things can be used for. Uh, frankly, I'd be surprised if you could go find it on your own anyways, but yeah, just don't. Don't, Just no. don't do go, it. Go talk to your doctor. But anyways. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, so Venkman takes, uh, Morales to, uh, to lunch, um, at a, a very, um, a prominent location in Central Park, which his accountant has mentioned, uh, he's been to and, and has recommended, uh, which obviously is, you know, I have to take a look because I think it is the modern version of Tavern on the Green, right? Um, a little bit. It's like it's kind of a combo of the renovated tavern on the green and what we saw in the original movie. Well, Dan tends to like stylize stuff down anyway, so it uh, yeah, uh, uh, it, it fits nicely. I my interest is that he <laughs> that is across the street from uh, Spook Central, so I'm kind of I'm kind of is Dana st- like she must have moved away by that point. Um, uh, you would think kinda, so, but. Kinda, it's kind of Venkman-esque to take the reporter to the scene of where he, they saved the world, essentially. Yeah, let me show you. Let's go you. for lunch across the street from where we saved the world. And it never comes up in this thing, in the book, I don't think. Well, I know in, in one of the previous issues we see, uh, you know, Lewis has got his box of, of stuff in front of 55 Central Park West. And he's either moving back in or moving out or whatever the, the case may be. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe this is taking place just shortly after and maybe he was helping Dana move out non-charred belongings. No, that, that doesn't (laughs) seem like something that Fankman would do. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. What's he doing in Central Park, uh, Central Park West right across the street? Don't know. No idea. Don't know. Um, but, uh, so Tavern on the Green, that was, I, I loved that little touch um, Dan, then, um, that there's a very tiny scene at Columbus Circle there. Oh yeah, uh, with, with a the crowd, the, the person walking away, uh, upset. I'm 35. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I it feels like one of the things where Dan has fun with it, but he's mostly doing it for his sake. Like there's a girl in there wearing bunny ears. I yeah, she's in like a skirt and bunny ears. Um, I'm a sure kid with a hoop. There's like a a woman. All of with these a, people are like. He's got. He's probably got a story for every single one of them, and probably some of them are referencing something. But well, they're just too small for us to. Yeah. Really see, I, I like pointing out the bunny ears girl just because. Again, why, Dan? What what's going on there, Dan? <laughs> I mean, it's New York. I, is that strange? No, not really. <laughs> no. Plus the uh, the when they move into ground level, that feels like there's probably a few people he knows. Or maybe fans he dropped in. Yeah. In the There's crowd. also a guy in a green, like, uh, motorcycle jacket and motorcycle helmet up in the top left corner. And I, I, that's that's one Michael's going to email about and be like, oh, that's definitely uh, from Repo Man or something. I have no idea. But um, Yeah. Dan is – this is the stuff Dan loves. Uh, although a nice little touch that he's got a um, – Ugh, I'm gonna say burkas, but it's not it's not burkas. Um, there's oh, like the, eight, the two uh, Israeli women, or yeah, or the the Arab, the the yeah. Islamic women there. That was kind of a nice touch, Dan. So kudos for that one. Um, um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, the Columbus Circle. I mean, that's there's a lot of great crowd scenes, and I'm sure, especially when we get to the rose, uh, I yeah. know that a few people have pointed themselves out in in those scenes. But uh, <laughs> you know, it hasn't been said enough. Uh, when Dan's allowed to do uh, backgrounds and architecture and all that, boy, he really knocks it out of the park. Um, can we yeah, can we call out the the waiter? Uh, so Venkman's steak is brought to him at Tavern on the Green, and yes, <laughs> uh, the waiter waiter looks suspiciously familiar. Who who's that guy? <laughs> That's uh, I forget the actor's name here. Uh, Michael spotted it as well. Let me uh, pull it up here, but it's the. Uh, He's been in a couple of things. If you've seen Bill and Ted, he's uh, Socrates Johnson. He's Socrates. Socrates. He's Socrates. <laughs> um, but the actor, his name is, um, there we are. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, Winston. There we are. Come on. Oh, there we are. The waiter is based on uh, the head waiter portrayed by Tony Steedman in Scrooged. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Have. Have a, have, have a, have. no, no, sir. You wouldn't like that. That's a dessert. Um, <laughs> hey, fa, fa, fa. So one of, one of Bill Murray's <laughs> uh, better run wild moments there. Um, yeah, it was, I saw that and I just laughed. I was like, oh. Uh, I mean, Dan, those you are the, sneak. Yeah, it's uh, we we de we definitely don't want the uh, legal and clearances people to be listening to this because I know that it will uh, cause problems. But yeah, this is what uh, Dan sh does, and yeah, exactly. Keep keep it on the down low. Hey, if clearances can't spot it, then it's fine. Yeah. We're just super nerds. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I have to say that on page, uh, uh, he puts it at. Uh, his numbering's weird because it doesn't, it lines up in the comic, but not in the digital. It's off by a couple, but on the next page, when she mentions it, it goes from uh bottom right corner where she mentions, mentions talking to Dana to the top right on the next page. And it's the one and only moment that Peter <laughs> is flustered in the <laughs> entire interview is when he goes, you, you talk to Dana. 
Oh, oh yeah, I, I didn't know. Yeah, the eyes go wide, and yeah. Yeah, he says, I didn't know you talked to, and then right back into. Well, and that's kind of the nice thing. It's it's a great bit of character development here for Peter, um, because we always know that he's he's got the gift of gab, as Winston says. He's he's a fast talker. Um, but we we get a sense as to why he he doesn't want to get too personal. He deflects all the time. He. Uh, yeah. uses his humor to sort of get himself out of having to, you know, uh, be be vulnerable and, and open himself up. And uh, so this, if he, yeah. he knows that she talked to Dana, he's he's caught off guard because he knows that the truth has been said about a few things already. Yes. And that that he's he's been sharing with Dana. What has Dana been sharing? But it, I this one issue has filled out. Venkman more than I think the entire run and even the movie to a degree. Like, yeah, we all came away from the movie going, oh, Venkman, oh, yeah, he's Bill Murray being cool, but Bill Murray, right? Like, <laughs> there's not much to it. In this one, she lays it all out, right? Like, people explaining, you know, he fell to a degree, fell into uh, parapsychology because that's where the other two were headed, but on his own, picked up. Uh, uh, a psychology degree, right? Like, and they even say, oh, these two are published left, right, and center. And he's like, I've been published. He's just, you know, does it quietly, doesn't do a lot of it. And it's just yeah. enough to kind of keep he things rolling. He authored a few papers that originally had been, yeah, it's like, and we uh, know that he's been writing on the coattails of, of Ray and Egon for quite some time, but yeah. Well, what I like is that it kind of takes away that writing on the coattails. It really does drive home the fact that he's with them for more than just riding coattails like he may have like kind of the uh you know a plan in mind um you know that <laughs> like remember we, when we met him the whole idea was that the three of them were just going to hide in in academia sort of thing which is a perfectly fine plan but he's not an idiot like he's he didn't cheat his way there necessarily he may have it sounds a lot like he bent his way there but he didn't it, it sounds like if he wants to, he can still do stuff on his own. And the psychology stuff, he is more than adept at. And this is something we talked about, it feels like a couple of times in the last few years, because there's been a couple of times where in the books, somebody needs to actually, you know, play negotiator or talk somebody down or, you know, play, play a few mind games. And it's left to Peter, who's really good at it. <laughs> so this really drives home the fact that, you know, he's not, he's not, a, he's not a dummy. He's got, he. You know, he's, he, he may have, he may have kind of come by them, uh, his degrees, you know, his doctorates semi-dirty, but he knows, he yeah. knows what they are and what to do with them. Yeah. He's, he's no slouch. I mean, it's, he's no slouch. We, we've always known that Venkman is, is smart. It's not like he is a complete idiot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's. Again, it's it's great it's great character development. That's what Eric has yeah. been so great at uh, in all of these issues, you know, since day one. Um, but uh, so yeah, so so uh, should we get into the rose? Then once we uh, get into the nightclub, uh, because I know that, that was forever. <laughs> it's gonna. I know we're we're only like a quarter of the way through. Um, <laughs> so so eventually, you know, Peter segues to try to talk about the rose because this is one of his exploits that he wants uh, detailed in the book that uh, Morales is writing. Um, which takes us to the Rose nightclub, which is based on a real nightclub, uh, the Palladium. And uh, that's Michael Tanaka sent us some, some great uh, comparison photos, uh, which I'm, I'm sure he's probably posted onto like GB fans at this point too. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, for for what Dan has to do in such a short amount of time, the amount of detail that he's poured into these backgrounds, and you can see his reference photos, and you go, "Oh man, that's amazing!" That's like yeah. he's he's put so much detail into the the uh, front uh, atrium and the walkway that gets you to the dance floor, and the dance floor itself with all of the pillars and the 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 lighting work and yeah. um, Dan just, you know, Dan and Louie both knock it out of the park here with, with their, uh, you know, art and colors. But did you know Louie's been hiding a fifth number 15 in all the books that he's colors? I, I, I knew, I knew that there have been a couple of numbers that have been recurring, but yeah, that's, I, uh, did, I didn't know that, but apparently that's his thing. Michael noted it in his thing that, uh, yeah, the number, number 15. I love the, when, when Michael does his Easter egg hunts, yeah. I will, let's let's not go crazy with all the Easter eggs necessarily, or at least we'll blow through a bunch of them fast, but there are some real, um, like he, uh, the the business next door to the Rose is, it's like, it's a video game reference. Like he's really, <laughs> he's putting a lot of uh, work in here. This guy though, the, the doorman, I can see him. I know who this is supposed to be. I've I've seen the movie. Unfortunately, uh, it was probably thirty years ago. I mean, he looks a little bit like uh, a, a Spader in uh, yeah. Pretty in Pink, a little bit. A little bit of him, but at at the same time, he kind of reminds me of. Um, there's kind of like a like a a a, a mid level, uh, you know. Uh, sub rat pack but right age group actor that was in a bunch yeah. of movies in the 80s and i can see the face and unfortunately the the trouble is is that <laughs> he sits like in the same visual memory portion as one other slightly younger kid actor at the time and then the kid who played uh ferris bueller in the tv show like there's this they oh, right. kind of yeah. roughly all the same and sits in the back of my brain and i cannot separate them but I, every once in a while i get a flash of like a scene or the cover it's i like there's one on the cover of him kind of leaning back doing like the like one finger gun up sort of thing i don't yeah, know that... if anybody else can help me dig out my childhood there that's but who anyways, is that person he's yeah. supposed to be somebody but even michael hasn't quite identified it yet um, it could be Spader though, because um, uh, yeah, or even uh, oh, geez, who was um, who was his counterpart in Pretty in Pink? Uh, the one that Molly Ringwald is totally in love with. Why can't I think of his name? Anyway, they they both kind of look similar in the movie, and they might actually be the same person in this. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> it is hard to say. But um, it, yeah, uh, the nightclub, like you say, the architecture is good. Um, and then there's that first dance floor, which, uh, holy cow. Yeah. Oh, well, wait. So so one step oh, wait, backwards, because there's a great moment with Egon where we get a little bit of a sense here. Oh, that yeah. Egon, Egon's got a one-up on pop culture over all of the other guys because they're talking about this new wave song that, you know, sounds kind of funky. Yeah. And Egon's like, it's Prince. Like, I, duh. It, uh, uh, and, and not only that, Ray reveals that he only knows the blues. <laughs> <laughs> which also makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. So, th- so there's many layers there. Uh, Egon, uh, a wealth of knowledge of pop culture. Uh, there's a Prince reference in there from a certain somebody who lives uh, in Prince's uh, home state. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, that again, a great little character development moment where it's like, you think that Egon is too cool or, you know, too uh, um, academic for, for these things, but he, he knows pop music. Give him, give him a chance. 
Um, but yes, okay, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just I thought that was one thing that we had to point out. We get to the dance floor, and the dance floor is ridiculous. That yeah. like bird's eye view of it. Well, the thing that gets into it is that at a certain point, I'm pretty sure some are references to specific people, and I think others are just references to uh so, like so uh Michael pointed out somebody's doing like the David Lee Roth splits jump <laughs> like in the top left that's not David Lee Roth but that is definitely the but splits the, jump yeah things Michael uh get your pen out Michael underneath there's three guys um uh doing the uh that uh that breakfast madness. club dance well i was going to say the madness one step beyond from breakfast club like oh, i don't yeah, know if breakfast yeah. club was supposed to be yeah. referencing it but there is that that, uh, that, yeah, that weird step walk line. Uh, there's a couple off on the left there that absolutely remind me of, uh, uh, when, uh, Soul Train did the dance line. Right. When couples would come on down sort of thing. Like, uh, the guy with his hands in his pockets dancing, that's a reference to something. I can't figure out what it is. Uh, right in the middle, if it's not supposed to be Cindy Lauper, it's definitely supposed to be dancing like Cindy Lauper. That, that hiked dress. Yeah, yeah. Thing is in there. Um, but man, there's stuff like if you look kind of to the right of the quote unquote, the David Lee Roth, like the big, the, the big blonde haired guy, like that's gotta be somebody, right? Like, or is Dan just like, Dan, where are these coming from? Um, just, and, and, and the reference that Ray, uh, has here, another Blues Brothers, uh, reference about the, you know, uh, going through the shake your tail feather uh, dances, the, yep. the twist, the fly, the bird, the swim, the, the bird. Jerk. He knows exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, man, like I, I, I did stare at that that dance floor scene for you know a full fifteen minutes. Yeah, the art. It's I just... mean, the art and the faces and all of the colorful, like all of the characters. I'm sure are pulled from people in Dan's life or from the fandom yeah. or from somewhere somehow. But uh, or just some wonderful. Like, there's a woman on the far right who's quite obviously she's doing the robot. <laughs> like that's just, there's, you can't tell who she is or what she's up to, but she's definitely doing. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like you move on to the next page. Um, Ray gets nabbed, which is hilarious. Uh, and then that lower group of people, like, so for example, the woman with the big blonde hair in the middle, if she's not supposed to be somebody, I like Dan. Where are you drawing this from? Like that outfit she's wearing is so specific. Yeah, it's like it's almost like the it's like the jumpsuits from Day of the Comet or something. It's like that yeah. kind of really or, super specific. Uh, uh, Michael's Night of the Comet suggested like the, the woman in the back with the fedora on might be kind of an Annie Lennox kind of thing. That makes sense. But the guy floating facing her with his back to us, like with the spiked hair and the dog collar throwing up the devil horns, it's like again. <laughs> And the cowboy boots. It's like, again, like where, <laughs> if Dan is drawing all this from his mind, Dan remembers the eighties better than I do. And it's, I'm kind of it, a little scared. Uh, Michael, you can make a note. The guy with the mustache and the guy dancing next to him, that's hollow notes. <laughs> oh, you're right. That totally is. <laughs> it's completely hollow notes. Oh my God. Yeah. I got that, a good laugh yep. when I saw that. Uh, by the way, um, people, if you're stuck at home, go find, uh, um, Who's the blonde one? Now I can never separate them apart. Uh, John Hall. Hall? Yeah, Hall. Hall is the yeah. He's got a. He's got. He did a. It started as a TV show several years back, 
and they're all up on YouTube and he's talking about doing more and all that, but it's him in like kind of his garage with yeah. his musicians and they bring in guests. It's called but Daryl's house. I want to say Darryl's or something house. like Darryl that. Hall. Yeah. Thank you yeah. very much. Uh, Daryl's house. Like he has CeeLo green on and all this and they, they do, they get the guests to lead vocal cover a Hall and Oates song. And then the band will jam with them on one of the 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 guests. Fantastic! Yeah, there's a, a there's a Ben person, Folds one that I highly recommend. Oh my god, That's you the, will, yeah, you will. There's uh, it's all good. Even oh uh, the one with the Kenny Loggins. Oh yeah, the Kenny Loggins one is great. <laughs> and the bit and they do the the I'm all right, but it but what's the best is that it's not it's not. Um, it's not heavily overproduced. Like they actually leave in the bits where they talk beforehand going, um, are, you want to do the thing? And the guy's like, I think I show me how to, and then, you know, he'll riff at him. He's like, okay. And he copy. Okay. I think I can do that. And, and then in the Kenny Loggins one, they're like, you know what? Why don't we just, just, we can't do the, the, the choir anyways. So let's just leave out the choir lead. It's just like they're, they're, Tearing the song apart in front of you and then building it back up to perform yeah. it live with no rehearsal time. And it's amazing. It's pretty amazing. And then they, they add a cooking element in, into it for no particular reason. No but, particular reason. But anyways. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so Ray's nabbed. Uh, he's dancing, uh, which, you know, then leads them to this, this grand plan of uh, getting Egon to start dancing to lure out the ghost, uh, which yeah. I thought was... Again, Egon can bust a move. Uh, yeah. Was there any question? We knew that, right? We knew that. Obviously. By the way, Dan, no self-respecting DJ would uh, put the uh, tone arms between them and the turntable. <laughs> I'm just I'm a little disappointed there, buddy. That's a nice one, by the way, too. I'm not going to fill it in for people, but on that page, I don't know what the page number is because, again, they're different, but... Uh, yeah, uh, little chart busters uh, reference there. <laughs> several, oh, there's several references. There's a there's a there's a couple of couple of albums in there. If you have a quick look, there's a. But yeah, again, perfect thing with Ray doing the can can with the two women. I don't know about the woman on the the right so much, but the woman on the left. I spent so much time going. Is that's not Annie Potts and. Annie Potts never wore her hair that way, but it's not Madonna. Like, but it's so specific. Like, that it's supposed to be somebody from something, and it's driving me nuts. Dan, damn it, damn it, you. Dan. Yeah. Anyhow. Um. But yeah. So, uh, so that that sort of ends it. They're able to uh, to nab the ghost, and then they stay that and dance the is, night away. That ghost is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> second only to the the running ghost. Um, <laughs> Did yeah. we miss, uh, there's one particular panel. Oh, it's, it's shortly after this. Okay. So, so after they nab the ghost, um, and his, his design is fantastic, but all of the dancers fall to the ground and, uh, people are collecting themselves on the dance floor. And I'm led to believe that there's a people, a, a few people in there that we, we know, right? Oh, we ab- Yeah, we absolutely, uh, let's just say if there was any good excuse to bring the douche busters into the comic. This was it. And they're all there. <laughs> uh, the twins are there. Fiona's there. And off on the, uh, 
the uh, the top right there. I'm pretty sure that's uh, Ryan as well. So the, Again, uh, the Ghostbusters of BC, uh, well represented. Well as represented in that one. They've been, multi- they've been represented yeah. over and over. How many yeah. times have you been in? You need to be in more, Troy. I've been in. I've been in once. I yeah, I got exactly. a really good panel, and I, that's I'm totally happy with. Totally that. happy Thanks, with Dan. that. that was, yeah. uh, again, this group is just like the people is just filled with. I'm assuming people that again he's just putting in references to people, but uh, the fact of the matter is, is, for all Michael's hard work, I feel like so much is still getting through, and Dan's never going to tell us, <laughs> and that kind of that kind of drives Nor me nuts. He. Yeah, you don't want to call out those things that you know. <sighs> We'll, Dan just we'll make somebody's that uh, veins pop out of their temples. Ten somewhere. years or so, please just yeah. just let us know. Uh, um, I think uh, I think I see Bridget Nielsen. But Bridget Nielsen, there's uh, top I left mean, there. Um, what else? Prince is in there, or at least the Prince Prince style prince purple like, raincoat. Uh, on the next Boy page, George. you've got like Don Johnson and Bender from a Breakfast Club, but that's, yeah. that's on the next page. Boy George, I'm pretty sure that's a Billy Idol in the back. Um, David Bowie. There's a David is Bowie. On, yeah. There's a uh, uh, Casey Kasem's uh, wife from 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 uh, the film. Yeah, from the film is in there. Um, front and center again. Speaking of people that I think are probably supposed to be. Uh, Somebody he knows. There's the woman in front of Peter with the purple hair wearing the Ghostbusters shirt. Uh, she's yeah, just way too that, specific to. The, yeah, she's got the cool purple like uh, ponytail, like the ponytail yeah. and the like mohawk thing. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, as you're saying, where are we here? Yeah, John Bender, Ray Parker Jr. behind uh, yep. Egon. Yeah, and yeah, um, uh, Philip Michael Hall. No, Philip Michael. Anthony Michael Hall? Anthony Michael. No, not Anthony Michael Hall. From uh, Crockett and Tubbs. It's Don Johnson and uh, Philip Michael Michael Thomas. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actors in their three names. We're talking Breakfast Club, and I was like, Are you having a stroke? I Uh, am. Yeah, no, uh, Crockett and Tubbs is there uh, dancing it up, which is, that one's the funniest of all of them, because everybody, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. And then it's like the Miami guys. I'm like, I don't know about Miami guys would be there, but meh. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, all in all, I mean, there's, there's all these Easter eggs. It's a fun issue. It's a really quick read. Um, and it's a, it's a corker. Like I said, it's such a good Venkman story. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you're not able, I mean, again, as you were saying, Chris, go, you know, ask your local comic shop if they've got curbside pickup or something that you can do to help support them or, you know, maybe buy a gift card or something so you can go get the issue later. But well, keep your keep your eyes. Get the IDW app. Yeah, get the digital um, version if you get can. the digital version for five whatever bucks. That that'll go a long way to help IDW, which in the long run will go a long way to help their creators. Because you know, as long as IDW is functioning, they'll need people to make stuff for them. So that's good. Um, I suspect as time will go along, maybe we'll hear about a sale here or there. Yeah. So I think that yeah. might be a time where IDW might go, even if it's not the Ghostbusters stuff, there might be more IDW stuff that they'll do a big sale on that you can grab trades uh, or, you know, uh, worth of books for for a, a discounted price. Um, but yeah, just, it can't hurt. Just hit your local listings, check their website or their Facebook, find your contact for your local comic shop and just... Give them a call and say, "Are you still open?" And <laughs> what can I do? Yeah. What can I do? Can I can I come? Can you put aside Ghostbusters uh, Year One, One, Two, and Three for me? And 
I'll come in at four and you know what I mean? Like yeah. just see what, if you're really, really uh, skittish about, you know, getting close to people and touching things, just say you do curbside pickup and, but yeah, I, I mean, a lot of these places, um, it's one of the, I used to work at these shops. I know for a fact that the, uh, they, they basically are, they're retail hearts. They need to be constantly bringing people through the door, picking up books at a minimum and more likely than not, they've diversified into games and collectibles and they need people pumping through all the time to, you know, keep their, their margins in the black there and yeah. keep operating. And so the minute they can't do that anymore, they're really on the risk of. Yeah. It puts, puts your local comic shop in, <clears throat> in jeopardy. It's a danger. So. And it's been a, I mean, they've been. Uh, they've been on the decrease for decades now, and this is and I don't, shut down I, for two weeks now, three weeks I, now. Yeah. I drive past. There's a mystery bookshop. It's oh, it's one of those great old dusty places that is is the furthest thing from a Barnes and Nobles. And I drive past it on the way to work every day, and it's where I check in every few months for you know the mysteries uh, books that I c- collect here and there and all that. And they had their open sign, and I'm tempted to go drop by him because again, I'm looking at him going. <laughs> What are your margins and how, are you okay right now? And <laughs> how do I help my, you meet your monthly quota at the moment? Yeah. Well, I live in a town that's got a handful of pretty good used bookstores, but having recently visited my old stomping grounds of Calgary, Calgary doesn't. Calgary's down to just a couple and it's a fairly big city. And that's just, you know, it's like uh, supply and demand. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, the economics of a used bookshop uh, is basically down to nothing in Calgary. And Cal- Vancouver is kind of struggling. Uh, same, same with LA. I know when I go to LA, there's used bookshops all over the place, but they're not, you're not tripping over them. And I wonder no. if I know a couple of them, the mystery shop, remember the mystery book uh, store, whatever it was called out at the university there. Uh, I think it's gone now, right? Like it's mm. just these book, <laughs> these shops can't sustain. Them. This is just my way of saying stay indoors, stay safe. But if you can find a safe way to, <laughs> To buy some stuff off Support of your local your favorite small places. shops. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I know people need, um, you know, necessities. Uh, and in those cases, I'm not going to tell people where they should and shouldn't go. The big box places are, you know, definitely a good place to go. But for your non-necessities, this might be the ideal place to see if you can pick it up local from a small vendor because man yeah. they're going to need it for the next little Don't while need it. Don't wait another minute pick up your phone and call the professionals go, go, go stoppers. stoppers i'm sorry we'll do it again we want to hear from you leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742 that's 4702-GBHQIC we also have a facebook page and twitter accounts Print is dead. no kidding just give me the address Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroads. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Well, Chris, uh, we're 
We're running long, but we're running even Are longer. We? If well, if if we count the uh, thirty minutes or twenty minutes at the top of the show where it was like, oh my god, what is happening? The world is ending, <laughs> which we will never air. You're never uh, so we're we're yeah. we're covering just we're past an hour. That's not yeah. bad. We're okay. But uh, but no, I mean, I feel like uh, again, this this always helps me. It it helps to kind of have this routine and and to have that normalcy. Last week, somebody asked us uh, for advice on a pod, a podcast and. I, I, maybe I came off too smug. I don't know, but uh, somebody said that they thought it was funny. Um, but I, th- that's the only thing I can suggest is is try to have that routine and that normalcy if you're a podcaster because yeah. e- even if the, here on this Ghostbusters podcast, there's obviously not a whole lot of news to be uh, dealing with, but it just it helps it helps us uh, helps me yeah. just talking to you and uh, hopefully it helps you guys out there uh, listening. But I'm uh, uh, still trying to figure out how to get those uh, track zeros up. Um, yes. Yeah. That'll. I mean, stuff to listen to, stuff to do is always uh, essential too. But uh, I, I honestly, uh, was it Spreaker? Sp- speaker? Spreaker? Uh, I don't know. If you go podcast and apps, there's about umpteen million little companies that are designed to. If you're not looking for large, complicated production value podcast, it is very easy to put your own podcast together if that's something you want to do. They have, yeah, I mean, the the tools to do the editorial and and music and sound effects and then they even host the server for you to post it to, yeah. Add a picture from your phone's picture stuff to, yeah, and as as we've demonstrated in a couple of couple of technical difficulty episodes here the the apple mic on the phones here just they're pretty good they're yeah. not bad you so we'll do in a pinch yeah totally and uh yeah and if you've got your own laptop that'll record i think i've proven here that uh, <laughs> a couple of times that That's... you can you can easily hold your phone up to you know maybe your podcast is about just calling people they're stuck indoors too yeah. call and have a conversation I was gonna say if if you and I have proven anything, it's that anybody can do a podcast because I've, I I again uh, people asking us for advice. I was like, I don't know uh, what am I doing. Give me advice. Uh, consistency, consistency, consistency. Yeah, that's about uh, it. But um, well, what uh, what do you got in terms of final thoughts for for this week? My final thought is. I had a needle for a sewing machine right here that I was playing with while recording, and now I can't find it, and I am terrified. It has fallen into this bale what? of hay that's inexplicably in my basement. Where is? Oh, it's not about. It's not. <laughs> I'm not afraid that I can't find it. I'm afraid it's gonna find me. In the ah. foot. In the bare foot. Yeah. Don't <coughs> let that happen. <coughs> Pardon me. Um. Yeah, I have no final thought. <laughs> I mean, it's, I know. there's so it's, many it's thoughts so going on right now. Anyways, my yeah. final one thought, my one final thought is, I refuse to watch Tiger King. How about that? Or is it I, King Tiger? Yeah, I don't want to get no, into. King I mean, Tiger is the shark guy from please, the DC please Comics. go listen to our, our yes have some brethren and sister who who love Tiger King and did a full review on it this week. But yeah, I watched that first episode and I was just like, I don't care. I don't care I, about any of this. I haven't even watched the episode, and I've like just listening to other people talk about it. I was like, "That is not what I need." No, right now. the I think that's probably why I bumped on it so so strongly. Was it was just like, I I, I don't need the white trash, uh, the 
like honey boo boo or whatever uh, you know escapism right now. Like that's not my escapism. No. That, that just reminds me of of other things that I don't want to be thinking about. But final thought, final thought, final thought. I think my final thought is, I don't know. I feel like there should be some way to like just, I don't know, to share more recommendations with people. Like now's the time that yeah. there never seems to be time. Like recommendations, if they're not right of the now they're kind of lost on people but now it feels like there's so much time to fill for people to a degree yeah i don't know have watch, you ever watched watch things that make you happy that's yeah, all that i can say happy yeah. yeah um yeah boy i don't know um i don't well, really have a final thought my final that's... thought <laughs> my final thought is i'm staring across at uh the <laughs> i have I got the complete collection of the Rockford Files for Christmas, <laughs> but I, I realize now, looking at my DVDs, I have the first three seasons already. And I had the first season of Simon Simon, so when I get those cases sorted out, I may have to, I don't know, do a giveaway. If anybody's desperately <laughs> bored out there and wants some <laughs> some television, let me there know. There you go. That's that's what our recommendation is. Oof. Let's watch some, some good 80s TV. But... Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah. So, so everybody out there, uh, stay safe, be excellent to each other, uh, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Who you gonna call? We Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at protoncharging.com, ghostbustershq.net, and stillplayingwithtoys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Next week, though, careless pets. Ponk, ponk, wonk. Remain indoors. <laughs>